the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Good deal of sun today with a high of 91. Clear skies tonight, low 70. Lots of sun again tomorrow. High 89. Phil's lost 8-2 to Toronto last night. Bryson Stott, bright spot there with home run number six for the Phil's. They're off tonight, but at Miami tomorrow night to start a series with the Marlins at 640. We have our gas money giveaway going, the $2,000 gas money giveaway every day this week. An opportunity for you to win $2,000. If you win one, then you can't keep winning them, but you get the idea. Uh, So if you want to win, here's what you do. Listen for keywords we're giving out. The most recent one we just shared before the show, Kevin Manna did that, the word repairs, R-E-P-A-I-R-S, repairs. Get the WFIL.com by five, hit the $2,000 gas money giveaway banner, and you'll be entered. Walt Cooper will have another one as well, just before six, and his keyword goes from six till seven. So the keywords last an hour. We give it right before the hour starts, give you a chance to get oriented, and then enter it. All right. So we're in that hour now, four till five today. The keyword is repairs. And then we have one more later on with Walt just before six. And then uh, we have five more tomorrow. Another new day to win that $2,000 gas money giveaway with WFIL. Brant Hansen, longtime radio personality and author going to join us in just a moment. The book he's put together called The Men We Need, God's Purpose for the Manly Man, the Avid Indoorsman, or Any Man Willing to Show Up. That's coming up next on the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. We uh, now bring on our special guest for the program today. Looking forward to this very much. Longtime radio personality, also an author, many other hats he wears, and a book called The Men We Need, God's Purpose for the Manly Man, the Avid Endorsement, or Any Man Willing to Show Up, Brant Hansen, uh, joining our program today. How you doing, Brant? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm honored. Absolutely. The Men We Need. We want to get into the book, God's Purpose for the Manly Man, the Avid Endorsement, or Any Man Willing to Show Up. Uh, I read not every single page, but I read most of it, really enjoyed it, and um, uh, the wheels are already turning in my head about the application at home. So I'm uh, married with five kids and never want to stop learning, and this is a, a great book. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, there's two points of contact. First of all, well, maybe you hear this, all, we are on the spot that you're on, the MediShare spot. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Exactly right. right. <laughs> so people are hearing and like, wait, I know that guy. Yes, that's where you know you're. You're actually you're the commercial for MediShare airs in our show just about every single day. So there's yeah, yeah. It's funny because 
like uh, that's how some people know me. I put a, I put in so much effort as an author and stuff, and then they're like, "You're the medicine guy." <laughs> like, Wait, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's funny. Well, there's that, and then there's also just uh, the radio background. You may not remember because it's been a long time. Maybe you do, but um, we actually worked indirectly at the same station years ago. Uh, Word FM, Dave Baker, and the folks over there. I, yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. We, we we met, but it was probably 10, 12 years ago at, at least uh, when the station was at its previous location. I think you were in town for a fundraiser or something, and we met briefly. So, um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really cool. I didn't realize that we had that in common. That's yeah, neat. Yeah. And so before we get into the book, just take a second. Where are you with – because I lost track radio-wise. That's obviously a big part of your life, what you're doing day-to-day with the, the radio side of things. Well, I, I do have a, a show. I do it from my house, but it's syndicated still across the country. I think we have a couple hundred affiliates, and yeah. we're still on there um, with Dave and Meg in the game, and uh, we're still on. What uh, we're on in New York, New Jersey as well, and okay. Los Angeles and Seattle. So all over the place. I live in South Florida. That's where I live now. Yeah, and that's your and that's your uh, main thing for many years, right? The radio side of things, but in addition to writing. Which is another um, yeah yeah it's it's weird the way it's set up and honestly my actual job I work for Cure and uh, Cure is actually from Pennsylvania it's it's like the unfortunately the best kept secret like in the world but it's hospitals that are run by believers that are top notch surgical hospitals they're all over Africa and in the Philippines there's the Tebow Cure Hospital in the Philippines but like we do surgeries for kids that have treatable conditions so disabilities that we we could do orthopedic surgery why not and then we tell them and their families about jesus as we heal their kids uh, by the thousands so it's it's fantastic i actually work with them i'm getting ready to leave for for africa tomorrow to visit one of the hospitals so i'm excited oh, wow. about that. what part of africa are you going to zambia so it's in the southern part of africa near uh, zimbabwe okay uh my brother steve was a missionary to uganda for a number of years and has flown back and forth he still goes back every now and again uh, so very cool. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. That's great stuff. Well, uh, folks, just tuning in, we're chat with Brant Hansen, and the book we want to talk about today: "The Men We Need: God's Purpose for the Manly Man, the Avid Endorsement, or Any Man Willing to Show Up." Even unpacking the title is a lot of fun. Uh, but I'm a I'm a chronological kind of guy. So initially, when I jotted down some notes, and the way I like to prep is just think of things before even read. What would I want to ask mm-hmm. somebody? And my first question was kind of the genesis of what's the idea behind the book or why did it get written? But then I read your longtime radio partner and producer Sherry's words, basically saying she bugged you into it, although you still had to be willing to write it. <laughs> That's true. You know what, what's wonderful? She's originally from Pittsburgh, and her whole family, they're like football players and they're steel workers and, you know, mill guys and hunters and she was, it was weird to her because she went to work with me out when I was based in California and she comes in the studio and I have puppets. I have a flute that I play. Yeah. I play the accordion and she's like, what is this? Like what? <laughs> but as she wrote in the, in the forward, she said, but then she was out at my house and she thought, wait, his kids and his wife feel so secure with him. And it got her thinking about what, what really is masculinity all about. There's the trappings that we sometimes confuse with it. And then there's this deep security. And I said, well, I think that's what masculinity is about. Cause Adam was made to be the keeper of the garden. Yeah. So I don't have to be, I don't have to have, have the traditional trappings of 
you know, masculinity. If that's the root part of it, it's not about whether I climb mountains or I, I can bow shoot, you know, bow hunt or whatever. Like, right. Those things are cool. Those things are cool, but that's, you can, you can do all that without being masculine. You can do all that without being somebody who's a keeper of the garden. So that's, that's what prompted the book. It was, it was her just going, you need to do this. Cause every time you talk about this on the radio, like guys are like, Oh good. I'm, I needed to hear that. <laughs> that's true. You had a couple references in there that also I, I resonated with one is we, uh, bought or downloaded or whatever, rented the free solo film and saw that crazy dude climb that mountain, which is, I think that's actually <laughs> the screen. Isn't that the screensaver for El Capitan or something on, on your, on people's Macs? It's the actual yeah. mountain that he goes, yeah, no net, no nothing, no ropes. <laughs> so that's an amazing story. I had to tell my publisher though, cause they're like, Oh, it's a man book. So for a cover, you want somebody like climbing a mountain or, you know, yeah, texting yeah. against the setting sun, you know, silhouette. Like, no, I don't. Yeah. Well, and that's then, but, not what I'm talking about. Yeah, and that was your point. Uh, you kind of, I think, all the way through, right? That you're not a get. You don't even come down on any of those things. You want to be Ooh. able to do those things. That's fine. But the world doesn't necessarily need more people to do some of those things. At least not first. You can maybe do that in your spare time. Compared to though, what do what do we really need? And uh, even to your football yeah. point, I think you didn't have a helmet big enough for your head when you were in high school. They literally didn't. Yeah. They literally didn't. When I was finally big enough to play, my mom let me play, and um, they didn't have a helmet big enough for my head. Could you imagine, Brent, if you if if you weren't able to be a football player, and, and if you weren't able to be a man because there wasn't a helmet big enough for your head? What a depressing way for your life to take an, a, a left turn just because the helmet wasn't well, the right. Totally, <laughs> totally. But the, it is weird. Like the, the eureka moment I had being a nerdy person, but the eureka moment I had was at, at college. And I mentioned this in the book early on, because I want to get guys attention. I'm like, it was so weird. I went to the women's house across the street. They had a, a Christian guy's house at the university of Illinois and then a women's house. Across, and they gave us a tour, went through every room. Every room had the same poster in it. Yeah. It was really strange of a guy. And I was like, what the, what the heck? Why is this guy? And he, I know he's a good-looking guy. It was like a prof, artsy profile photo of this good-looking guy, but he was holding a baby out front of him. The baby's looking at him. He's looking down at the baby. And I asked the girl, like, what is, is this just like the hottest guy ever? Well, he's good-looking, they said, but it's not him. It's the way the baby's looking at him yeah. that makes him so attractive. Yeah, and that is the best-selling poster to this day. It's called L'Enfant, but it's this guy holding a baby, and the baby's looking at him, up up at him, like, "Are you going to take care of me? You are, right?" Yeah. And, he, and it's he's it's all about security. And it dawned on me then. Then I noticed, as you've probably seen, any any time they ask women like, "What what are the most attractive occupations?" Firefighter is always number one. Yeah. Like, why is that so attractive? Because and I, I joke about that in the book. I'm like, it's not the reflective pants. Right. Because like, I tried that. And if you're not fighting fires, then they don't want to see the big, baggy, reflective pants. But it's like, what is this? Well, there's something that women intuit about what men are best for. Yeah. And it's about security. And it just so happens that we can go back to God, who, who made us male and female in his image. But when he makes man, he makes him the keeper of the garden, his protector. And this cultivator that helps the things around him, he's supposed to help the things around him flourish and protect them. Right. And I think that's when we are at our best. So all the other stuff about whether or not you're 
you're jacked, you got great abs, all that sort of stuff. Women initially might think it's attractive, but actually if you don't make her feel secure, let's say you're a husband and you're totally ripped and you've got awesome, you're great looking all that, but if you don't make her feel secure, she won't be attracted to you. She'll be repelled. Yeah, I think you even put that in there. Uh, it, it becomes not just um, like a lack of respect, but can even turn into resentment as as it's yeah. been dawning on them, right? So. Yeah, and conversely, you don't have to be that great looking of a guy, but if you if your wife just knows like that you exude security for her, for yourself, for the for the kids in, the, in your home, or for your neighbors, like you make you you make people feel secure, she will find you attractive. Folks, you're not angry all the time. You're willing to step up for her. You, you're you're always looking out for other people, allowing them to thrive and bloom. That's yeah. being a good gardener. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Brant Hansen. The, uh, the book is called The Men We Need, God's Purpose for the Manly Man, the Avid Endorsement, or, or Any Man Willing to Show Up, and uh, the Keeper of the Garden, kind of the backbone as you move forward through the book, and you have six decisions that you kind of outline and go through. Uh, but even uh, something you just said there, also, I, I forget ex- exactly what point in the book you talk about it, but there's a time where you, you're in bed, basically, and they're loud teenagers and it's a little after 11 and so, oh so you say uh i did what anybody would do or, or I, I sprung into action and stayed in bed but eventually <laughs> yeah, but, but eventually you got up and went out and explain share that story because that showed that that yeah, covers okay. the willing part of your title yeah I, people can people can relate to this i think again i'm not that guy i have neurological problems like so i can't even martial arts and stuff like that it's just not me yeah this said they were there was a ruckus outside she was bothered by it and i was just like hey let's just turn on the noise maker louder or whatever let's just go to let's just go to sleep she eventually gets up it goes downstairs and then i don't know what she's doing she can take care of it herself or something I'm like i can't do that <laughs> i can't have my wife go outside or have to call the police or whatever without with well me i just lie in bed so i got up and I put some clothes on. I went downstairs, and I was like, hey, I'll go outside. I, I opened the door, and I started walking outside to these, this mob of teenagers or whatever was going on. It was crazy. As I walked out, they were dispersing and going home or wherever. I didn't even do anything. But I turned around, and this was right before I wrote the book, so it was, it was on my mind. I included it. But I turned around and walked back in. My wife's like, that was so attractive. <laughs> like, I'm like, I didn't even do anything. She's like, yeah, but you were willing to. Isn't that something? And I, yeah. Like, you, this is just, women are brilliant, intuitive, and they know. And so I'm, I'm telling guys in this book, like, you don't do this because, you know, it'll make you attractive to women, even though it will. That's not why you do it. You do it because they are intuiting what you were made for. Right. And this is it. Right. So when, when we are sources of security instead of threat... Like, it's life-giving to people around us. And I, you, I, you, it doesn't have to be physical force. A lot of, most of the time, it's not. Like, I use words to try to build people up. I don't want to tear them down. I want to make my wife feel stronger. I want her to thrive and flourish. And, and your garden, basically, I'm saying you're the keeper of this garden. That's, that's, those are the people who are in your sphere of influence. Like, that, that's how yeah. I feel about it. Yeah, um, 
quick a quick parenthesis before I forget. Again, if you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Brant Hansen on the Tim DeMoss Show today on WFIL in Philadelphia. Uh, this book also, despite the title saying The Men We Need, women can benefit from reading it because it can also give them a, a bit of a vision to say, hey, keep these things in mind as and be reminded of them as you are mm-hmm. thinking of who you might date, marry, or who you are married to, just to get a recalibration, because not to be forgotten. So um, anyway, close parentheses, because you said a lot of other good things there, too. I just want to put that in there so people don't think it's just a guy's book, Um, because... I think think that's legit, and then, like, sometimes you just kind of have to put your finger on something verbally, and then you can go, that's what I wanted him to be like. Right. Like, that's it. That is when he's at his best, is when he's doing this, and... When a woman is aware of that, like what what my wife did by saying, "Man, it's really attractive when you do that." Like I remember that. Yes. And it, so next time it happens, I'm like, I know what to do. <laughs> like my wife thinks it's attractive. You can you can really shape us, and it's it's great to know it in a positive way. So you can point out when he does something like like fills this role. You point it out positively. You're not nagging. You're just getting positive reinforcement. And when you point out man, that's respectable. Wow, that's attractive when you, like, we, uh, trust me, we internalize that, and you actually have a, a great role in sh- shaping us to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. The the men we need, God's purpose for the manly man, the avid indoorsman, or any man willing to show up early on, just to put this in here too, page 17, I think, says, I'm here to answer a simple but not simplistic question. What are men supposed to actually do? which I'm sure men ask themselves that all the time. What do you want? Like Adam, what is it, Adam Levine? What do you want from me? Um, this book is about, and it's not even just for marriage, right? Because you can be working on these things ahead of being married, and, and even if you never get married. Uh, but this book is about a big vision for manhood. We are Adam Lambert. Uh, this book is about a big vision for manhood. We've lacked that vision, and all of us, men, women, and children, are hurting because of it. The vision is this. We are men. We men are at our best when we are keepers of the garden. And just to reinforce that, because you shared on it, and I'd love to just throw this back to you. The fact that uh, you say this so well uh, about uh, 100 pages in, that your life matters. I love saying that in the show. And when I read that, I I double underlined, triple starred, that your life matters. And whether you choose to show up or not, it's not a matter of I'm not hurting anybody if I don't. You are, and positively or negatively. So. Yeah, and so I make this point because the ethos and the culture, as you know, is, well, as long as I'm not hurting anybody else, what does it matter? Like, so any given activity, it's like, well, if I'm not hurting somebody, it's okay. Yeah. So a lot of guys, it's a huge deal now because of the obvious, the obvious availability of, of porn and video games. Like, and I'm a big video game guy. Yeah. And I understand the draw, the dopamine hit that comes from both of those things. Like, I get it entirely. But a lot of guys, especially younger ones, will be like, well, what does it matter if I just lock myself into my room, basically, and I just have virtual experiences all day? Like, well, it matters because you are hurting people. Because we needed you. We needed you to grow up. We We needed your skills, your unique talent. No one else is in the position that you're in with the people that you are around, with the background that you have, with the skills God has given you. We needed you to grow up. So yeah. the idea that you're just going to have fake experiences that will never call you out to be a man, those are not accomplishments. You can level up on Call of Duty or whatever, but you haven't defeated a real enemy. It's fake. Yeah. You get, to, you get the feeling like it was real. Same thing that happens with pornography. It's, it's just 
it draws you into this fake, but a fake woman will never call you out to be a man, ever. She will not make you, she would not ask you to go to CVS at 2 a.m. or whatever because she's sick. Like, she will not argue with you. She will not challenge you in the way that you need to be challenged. Right. Like, there's all these things that a real woman will do for you to help you grow up and become the man that we would all benefit from. And that these fake things or replacements are just shallow and will leave you lonely and depressed. Right. And so giving guys a bigger vision helps them to say no to that stuff because they realize, oh, this is why I'm here. For sure. So that's why I don't want to be doing that stuff. You have to have that vision, and if without it, then it's, it's hard to say no to stuff. What you're sharing there, and again, folks just uh, tuning in, Brant Hansen is our guest, The Men We Need, God's Purpose for the Manly Man, the Avid Endorsement, or Any Man Willing to Show Up, well, what Brant was just sharing there in decision one of the six, forsake the fake and relish the real, which aside from nice alliteration, had a lot of good stuff to say. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. And decision two says protect the vulnerable. And that's, I think, where the your life matters. Um, and you told a story in there, even kind of a sub point to that, I think, about the peanut story in Senegal, was it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's a it was a tough one to write, and it's it's it's. You may think it's a small thing, but yeah, I was in Senegal and I was in a hot van with a bunch of other Americans and people with some humanitarian mission, and there was this woman. I, we saw her like it's very hot out, it's a dusty place in a, in a Sahel region, and she had this brilliantly blue, purplish blue. Uh, dress on and she turned and looked at the van I could see that we were tourists and there was this look of desperation and she held up you know she had a bag of nuts she could sell and she was desperate she almost like threw herself at the van like please buy these please buy these and we all kind of looked at her and the driver just kind of left and I remember looking behind I was in the back seat I was looking behind it had to be 100 degrees and it's dusty and it's a crowded place this is Dakar it's a big city she's running with her long dress, hmm. desperately trying to catch up to us, hoping to make a sale. And I was thinking, oh, who's that desperate? And I thought, oh, man, I bet she's got kids at home or something, and they're, they're hungry. Yeah. Like, she's, she's got to provide for them somehow. And we came to another stoplight, and I asked the uh, driver, could you, could you just stop? Well, she runs and catches up to the van, and then the other people were like, oh, we, we're not hungry, we don't need anything. I gave her a couple bucks and bought the, the peanuts or whatever it was, and we drove off. And it dawned on me after we drove off, like, wait, I had a 50 in my pocket. Why not give her, what was I doing? Just like, I was just going to, and it, for some reason it sticks in my head because it's like, there was a, we don't, we get opportunities to do things, and they don't always come around again. Right. Like, I think what we do really matters. It has a very real effect. And I think we get to choose what we're going to do. And I just, I mentioned that to guys too, because it's like, you have to be aware of opportunities and already be thinking, how can I be a blessing to people? Or things kind of slip through your fingers if you're not intentional about it. Right. It's just such a vivid memory for me. That's, that's why it stuck out. Yeah. And you even tied in, uh, not to give away the ending of the book, but you, I think you put in there the, the idea of being disappointed in yourself, like you, you gave her literally what the peanuts cost. So that was something, yeah. 
the other yeah. people in the van were, were making it about, well, I'm not hungry. We're like, this isn't about you being hungry, by the way. It's not about <laughs> you hungry. Exactly. It's like, right. come on. <laughs> what, do you, what are you missing here? Right. Yeah. But we're, we're on a humanitarian mission. Yeah. We're, it, so, we're so focused on that. It's like you missed the, the moment that yeah. God sends your way in the middle of, of, of your path. Like being faithful with what comes, comes across your path every day is the goal. Brandon Hanson, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show. The Men We Need is the book he's put together, God's Purpose for the Manly Man, the Avid Endorsement, or any man willing to show up. Quick break. We'll keep our chat going in a second. The keyword is repairs, by the way, right now, in WFIL's $2,000 gas money giveaway. If you get WFIL.com by 5 o'clock, that's the keyword you want to use to enter. Repairs at WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 431, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Once again, repairs is the current keyword in WFIL's $2,000 gas money giveaway. Use that keyword repairs at WFIL.com by 5 o'clock to get entered to win. Folks, tuning in, Brent Hansen's our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show for a little bit. Uh, the Men We Need is the book he's written, God's Purpose for the Manly Man, the Avid Endorsement, or Any Man Willing to Show Up in that section, Protect the Vulnerable. Um, you had a story about the mouse utopia, and the point of it being that we're created to do, and that underscores this notion of your life matters. Right. Yeah, so this was a really interesting experiment to me, uh, and maybe you've heard about it. It was back in the 60s and 70s. They wanted to study overpopulation, and they didn't get the results that they were hoping or they thought would happen. Yeah. So they set up this you know, huge mouse habitats for thousands of mice, like everything they could want with food provided, with water provided, all the fresh wood shavings that they would need. There's platforms they can get away. There's pens where they can have little uh, offspring. And they planted like four couples of like four males and four females. And they started having babies, and those babies had babies. This is all, you know, it's set up to be a utopia for mice. But suddenly, the population would start dwindling. It would go up to like 800 or something, and then start, it would top out, start dwindling. And they would find that they would start fighting each other, and they were bleeding and, and dying. Yeah. And they're like, why? We, we, you have everything you need. And these things were made for 1,000. They could accommodate 5,000 mice. You know, for some reason, it would top out at 800. They weren't overpopulated. Right. They had everything they wanted. But they found that the males didn't have anything to do, that they were just grooming themselves because they didn't have any food to go gather. They didn't have anything to protect. There was no normal environment. And so the males just kind of lose their mind and start attacking and doing all sorts of dumb stuff, even basically make gangs and terrorize the rest of the mice. I'm not making this up. Right. And it happened. They did this experiment over and over. Same thing happened every time. Couldn't help but think about our own culture. If we, we don't have a vision for what we're supposed to be doing, then everything just goes to chaos. And I think we're seeing that. Yeah, to the point where I think you said they were all dead. That's why well, Pixar would never want this movie. <laughs> there was no redemption in the end. <laughs> They're all dead. Dead mice around in the utopia. Yeah. Unless they're doing yeah. dark comedy, then they would work. Yes. Unless they're going to do that. But Mouse Utopia sounds like something, you know, for Disney, but yeah. you can see why they did not make a movie out of this experiment. Yeah. 
I I, uh, I really enjoyed reading the book, uh, and you know I, I want to respect your time and not go through every single page. But I really was taking a lot of notes as I was writing and and reading. Uh, I know in decision three of the six decisions you kind of put that will affect our lives to to want to challenge men to make. Uh, decision three said be ambitious about the right things, and one of the right. sub points said if you feel meaningless, it might be because you're investing time and energy in meaningless things. Right. So. How do I know that? From experience. Yeah. Like, we feel listless and we don't have, like, in depressed. Well, some, some depression is clinical, but a lot of it is circumstantial based on the fact that we're, we're doing – like, if I play video games all day, I'll have fun for a while, but I'll be listless and feel meaningless at the end. This is just, this is just what happens. Like, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't surprise us that we feel sullen – or something, and for doing stuff that doesn't fit with who we are, it doesn't energize us. So I'm also telling guys, too, like, being ambitious about the right things, especially, I wanted to tell, I think I have a, a sub-chapter there, there are short chapters, a whole book, but telling guys that have little kids in the house, like, right now isn't career season. It, that can happen later. Right now is little kid season. Mm-hmm. Like, like there are seasons to things and part of being wise is understanding that there are seasons in life. So be ambitious about the kids right now. That's it. That was one of the, I, I made a lot of dumb decisions, but that was actually one of the smart ones. I, I made <laughs> a lot of dumb ones, but I, I passed on law school at the time because I thought by the time I got done with law school, I'd have to work at a big firm. I wouldn't have time for family. And I took a job where I was done at noon or one every day. And I didn't make a ton of money, so we were scrapping by. But I had every afternoon with my kids for years while they were growing up. And we would go swimming, and we would go to the beach, and we would just spend time laughing together and doing stuff and making up songs and playing games. And it's like, I know them. And the Lord, in my case, I'm very thankful because, like, the rest of the stuff took care of itself after, you know, they graduated and moved on, I've been able to make a, a decent living and whatnot. So I'm so glad I did that. I don't want to miss out on that. Yeah. So I'm telling guys, like if you, if you're choosing a lifestyle that depends on you not being home much, maybe, maybe drive an old car, maybe live in a trailer. It's not, it's not a death sentence. Right. I mean, if your wife's cool with it, like a bit, enjoy it and be present and and because this time goes so quick and you you don't want to look back with regret like so many guys do like why didn't i why didn't i really throw myself into that so ambition's good but you gotta be ambitious about the right things brand hansen's our guest the book is called the men we need god's purpose for the manly man the avid endorsement or any man willing to show up I kidded at the beginning of our conversation, well, kind of not, but you, you'll recognize his voice because you'll hear the MediShare commercials on our station, and he's <laughs> long been the voice of those. He also has been in radio for many years, and you may be familiar with that as well because he's also present in the tri-state area and different radio stations, uh, but also this book, The Men We Need, something I wanted to have him on. I'm glad we've been able to talk for a while about this. Uh, as you're talking there, one of the thoughts that comes to mind is, and, you, and you, I should say this too parenthetically, that the book is written in a very winsome way. Uh, you, you talk about a lot of things without coming down heavy-handed, like on the video games topic. Uh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. not vi- it's not video games are horrible, and no one should ever play them, even Pong. It's, um, 
you know, there's a time and a place, but really be very careful. And, and that the charge to a higher calling to have vision for you do get one life, as you were saying, and and, yeah. and your life matters and be prepared. Uh, I, I think about talking that with our kids when they're going to play soccer, play soccer, have fun, have vision, because you're going to see these girls for two or three months. Sp- speak into their lives if you can or, or be a blessing to them. Like, don't forget mm-hmm. about that o- only if it hits you in the head. Like. Go with a purpose of Lord. Can I can I be used in some way while I'm running around and scoring goals or or whatever it is? So uh, the book I, I want to encourage people. There's a lot of substance to it because you're calling people in a gentle way, but a firm way to do them the favor. I think of really in, not that you're even putting yourself up this way, but to say, look, let's live intentionally. Let's live well, and and clarifying some things. Starting with really man taking his place as a protector, which involves character, as you talked about, right? A lot more than just, you know, you, you can be, you can have a six pack. I happen to have a two pack, um, <laughs> right? But you're trying to really draw attention to the character and the, and the beauty and the, and the power that comes from being humble, from being consistent, from being committed. And that's going to draw, as you said, women have that radar that they understand that that's attractive and that's very reassuring. It helps them feel safe and know that they're being protected as Adam's call was in the garden. Yeah, and it's not ownership. It's like we're coming underneath people to help them thrive. Like to be a gardener is to is to take species that necessarily wouldn't survive in the wild, but now they can thrive and bloom and flourish and they're unspeakably beautiful and wonderful. Like that's 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 where we're coming from like and here's the thing about just saying, well, I, I'll protect my family if somebody intrudes and the, you know, comes in the house, I'll do something. Like, that's very laudable, and you should. But someone pointed this out, so I put it in the book. Like, most of the time, the intruder is you. And most of the time in my house, the intruder is me. Yeah. If I'm making my wife feel insecure with my words or my lack of words or my anger issues, or, and that can be my kids, too then I'm the intruder that, that needs it. Like, we're betraying our role. We don't make people feel safe around us. We're betraying what we're supposed to do. This is like, if people inhabited what I'm saying as a keeper of the garden idea of, of serving people by protecting and, and helping them feel secure, like, if, if guys actually did this, we wouldn't have ever had a Me Too movement. We wouldn't have needed one. Like, that's a, that's a, that sort of behavior is a betrayal of who we are, but somebody's got to articulate this, whether it's my book or somebody else can do it, whatever, but like guys actually have to have a vision because we've deconstructed masculinity so well and so thoroughly that guys don't know what the construction is. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where we are. You know, I think I, in my notes for just chatting with you, pages 91 to 94, I think is where you say the ultimate betrayal, becoming the enemy in the garden. It, it's a, uh-huh. So poignant, and maybe we could uh, you know, come down the home stretch of our chat here. A couple things. One is because uh, I don't think we actually did this near the beginning. Is for you to maybe take a minute and talk a bit more about the keeper of the garden, in the sense of where Adam was a no show, yeah, right, and yeah. where this is real. Because yeah. you reference Adam all the way through the book. Yeah. So Adam is given this role. Eve is given a very significant role as well, the Azar, which is like a rescuer, and that word is used to describe God himself. Like, it's, it's, they're both amazing things. Um, but Adam's given the role of the keeper of the garden. 
it's fascinating because I always thought when the when the when the the tempter was with Eve, that Adam was like a mile away, naming the animals or something. Right. If you read it closely, it sounds like he was right there with them. So I include that scripture. It absolutely sounds like that's what was going on. He's right there. He's not doing anything. He was supposed to protect her. He's supposed to protect the garden. And instead, he's allowing this threat to happen, and he's doing nothing. He was passive. And I talk to a lot of people who are in, like, marriage counseling. They say male passivity is a huge issue in Christian marriages or or non-Christian marriages. It's the same thing. Like, we're just the this passivity, and the women grow to resent that. But Adam did it. So after they they mess everything up, they make the decisions they made, God says, Adam, where are you? Like, like it makes sense, because I made you to be the protector. Where'd you go? Right. What, right. Where, what are you doing? Where did you go? We were supposed to be together, and you were supposed to watch over this place. But you... What happened? And then, and then Adam does something which I'm very capable of. He blames his wife, right. and he blames God. So it's not his fault. You actually have a great point in there um, about not being a blame shifter. If a woman dresses provocatively, whose fault is it if a few, a man, decide to fantasize about that? Uh, and you, you have she is, he is. It's mostly his fault, but she also is at fault since she shouldn't be dressing that way. Lastly, nobody is at fault. It's fine. This happened to me at Panera Bread the other day. I'm having a meeting because I DJ weddings, and I met with a couple. And two-thirds of the way through the meeting, I could see out of the corner of my eye down the restaurant this woman walking up, and it was clear that she was dressed the way you're, des- you're describing. And a number of things went through my head, but I thought, you know what? Like, I, I thought of even just, I don't know, writing a short note, but I had, a, like, even, even like, a, just a, I don't know, a, a gentle way of communicating, like, because I have done this in the past about saying, you know, nothing mean, but just, you might want to just think about not dressing that way just because it, it would be helpful to me, almost like that. And that was kind of your point. I think you said it's a hundred, the answer is a hundred percent you. It, 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 whose fault is it if someone actually takes the step and fantasizes? Is it hard? If, uh, and I had to keep looking away because she walked to the soda machine back and forth. And I had mm-hmm. to make sure I'm looking at the couple I'm meeting with rather than kind of let my eyes slip over. And I left because I said, in the end, I said, it is my job. Whether it's a billboard down the highway or whether it's a, a TV show to have the remote ha- handy so I can quick change the channel, whatever it is, it is my job. And it's not, I'm not supposed to blame, oh, she dressed that way. Now it's kind of her, her fault. Right. Yeah, that, 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 that's that's just it. So most of the time, that's what we do. Is like, well, it's my fault. It's kind of her fault. So no, no, no. I am one hundred percent responsible for my brain, not her. If I decide to fantasize about that, is a decision that I make. Now, noticing that somebody's beautiful or attractive or whatever, that's that's out of my hands. But that's that's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. The problem is the, the fantasizing, the choosing to to go forward with those thoughts. I can change my mind to other things. That is an option. It, it, this is this is what it means to set your mind on what's true and pure and lovely and good and admirable. Like, and we can put our attention. We do determine where our attention is going ultimately. And the taking so of to responsibility. Blame, to blame a woman. Like we're always going to be running into women that are attractive. Like right. that just happens. But we there is hope for our own brains. Like God did give us the a will. <laughs> 
<laughs> sure. So, uh, so we do this in subtle ways all the time, and we we try to subtly pass the blame onto other people. Now, whether she should dress that way, that's between her and God. She can mess with that in her own, but that has nothing to do with my what I my decisions. Yeah. Brant Hansen, our guest in the Tim DeMoss Show today on WFIL. His book is called The Men We Need, God's Purpose for the Manly Man, the uh, Avid Indoorsman, or Any Man Willing to Show Up. Uh, I, I, I can't forget. I, I forget where I read this, but um, on that topic, uh, and I've said this to my own daughters about dressing modestly, said, you know, if, if not, and it wasn't even a Christian thing that I read, but it just said, you're worth being discovered. So even just strictly on... Don't get, don't reveal so much of yourself to people who aren't even going to have a chance to know what your name or who you are. Just strictly on that level might be a, way, a word of encouragement to say, oh, yeah, you know what? Maybe I maybe I will you know make you earn it, you know, <laughs> earn yeah, the view. So, know, right? I, I told my daughter something similar and we talked about it, but I had read a study about how a man's brain works. So if it's triggered by like physical revealing attractiveness like that plus if it's if it's triggered by the same part of the brain that lights up on the on the fmris are is the same part of the brain that's for tools and fixing problems and fixing things hmm. it's not love it's like here's something i need to do and get done interesting, interesting. yeah so you're, you're put into a, a space of a thing it's it's not what's triggered by relationship. So that interest that you that you've triggered is maybe not. I guess we know that intuitively, but that that was that it just struck me that the, these brain scans kind of put it in that place. Sure. The six uh, decisions you list out. We won't go through all the rest of them, but uh, four says make women and children feel safe, not threatened. We kind of talked about that some. Decision five: choose today who you'll become tomorrow. And decision six: take responsibility for your own spiritual life. And that take responsibility theme is all the way through. Uh, maybe just a, a thought on any of those, those last, the second half of the book and those chapters. Yeah, too. None, none of this, it, it may sound guilt trippy, but it's not. It right. really isn't. Even the take responsibility for your spiritual life, I was trying to tell guys, this applies to a lot of women too, but if you're more analytical and you're not particularly emotional, and then you feel kind of out of it when it comes to Christian stuff, it is good news. Like emotions are not spirituality. We kind of act like it is sometimes. We yeah. associate it with, I can feel God's presence in this place, and I feel this, and don't you feel, or we try to create these emotional experiences in our in church services, for instance, but that can be good. Like, emotions can be good, but they can also fake you out. Like, I don't always feel God around. In fact, I don't a lot of the time. But that doesn't change reality. Right. He's good, and he's present, and his presence doesn't depend on my emotions. My emotions come and go based on what I ate or how much coffee I had or if my team lost. That doesn't—my emotions go with naps. Like, that doesn't change reality. So I'm trying to say, guys and ladies, too, if you're more sweat, don't worry about it if you don't feel God around all the time. You don't have to create that. What God is actually looking for— Genesis to Revelations, he's looking for loyalty. And we can do that. Like a lot of guys, like we, that, we can do that. So I don't have to feel his presence. I don't have to feel one way or the other any day, but I'm still going to keep showing up and communicating with him and partnering with him in life. I'm just going to keep showing up. 
even though I'm a sinner, I'm not going to let that stop me either. I'm going to keep going back to him and keep talking with him and being gut level honest. And that's, that's the kind of loyalty that he's looking for, this believing loyalty. And so I wanted guys to know that because for a lot of guys, they get discouraged because they don't relate to what the experiences they think everybody else has happened and then think something must be wrong with them or maybe there is no God or he left. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's good news. And if you are emotional every now and then, don't be worried when you're not. Like, it's, right. like doesn't change God. He's better than that. Well, maybe in a great exclamation point on this uh, is how you actually end the book without giving the end away. Kind of are, but but it's really not about that. Uh, and uh, you know, as a as I don't know, I don't know how many people love genealogies. I uh, I don't m- <laughs> mind smaller ones when they get really long and the names have fourteen letters in them. I get a little uh, dizzy. <laughs> but I read this genealogy also sometime in the last six months, and the way you cap it off, I had the same feeling like, wow. It was a beautiful I'll let you explain it if you don't mind well I just think it's neat that we trace from Jesus as much as we're like Adam blew it he blew it we're all suffering and he was passive and he failed and the genealogy ends tracing Jesus all the way back through all these names and then it goes back to Adam so everybody's the son of this son of that and it goes back to Adam son of God hmm I mean, that's us. So I, I know I'm a sinner. I know I, I fail at stuff, and I'm a mixed bag of motives all the time. And I know everybody is. But how awesome is it in, in the final analysis, because of who Jesus is, that it's still Brant, the Son of God. Like, that's that's you, too, if you're listening to this. Like, that's, that's available to you, too. And um, I love that. It makes me keep going back. It's why I keep, I keep, when I walk the dog in the morning, I pray. Hmm. out loud softly so my neighbors don't think I'm too crazy just think I'm talking to the dog but like I had this honest discussion and I love that he still values me as his son in spite of my problems Amen Amen and, and, it, and it fits the book so well since so much of the book including the the crust of the pie or whatever at the beginning is based around Adam and being keeper of the garden or lack thereof I mean it bookends uh-huh. the thing very very well So, and although we've had a semi fairly serious conversation with a few yucks, people should know that the book has a lot of your sense of humor in it. And it's, it's done in a a fun way. Uh, I think it's kind of like there's a comedian I saw years ago who I didn't, I don't even remember much about the rest of the act, but he said, the one thing he said was he tries to remember to take God seriously and himself lightly. Yeah. Inadvertently, you can get it the other way around if you don't think, if you're you're not careful, you can take yourself way too seriously and actually, in the process, take God lightly uh, because you're not paying attention to Him, you're paying attention to you. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think think being able to take yourself lightly is such a a joyful thing. Like, it it just frees you up to be more childlike. And um, Hmm. people need that now. My goodness, like they need a, they need somebody to not be anxious, somebody who's not angry, somebody who actually has joy and a kind of steadfast sense of well-being that isn't determined by circumstances. Like if that if that was our marker, people would we would stand out and shine right now because no one else is that way. My father-in-law plays the accordion. He's played it for many years, so I have a high regard for anyone who can play the accordion. <laughs> It's hard. It's physically demanding. People don't realize that. So there's a lot of squeezing. That's right. That's right. It really, yeah. It's like, 
of my shoulders and pecs and everything. It's like, hey, it's paying off. That's so, it. That's cool. it. Brant, thank you for taking time. Last question, how people can pray for you? Oh, thanks. I always need energy and creativity. I mean, I have to ask for that. That's my daily bread, basically, because I, I have to produce so much content for my radio show, and I want to be a blessing to people. Yeah. So, so I'm asking God every day, like, please give me the words and the energy. Amen. Well, I'll say a quick prayer for you now, if that's all right, and then we'll, before I hang up. Is that good? Yeah. Lord, thanks for Brant uh, and the ch- chance we had a chat today. Thank you that he loves you. Thank you for all you've taught him over the years. Thank you for your faithfulness, and thank you for his The Men We Need book. And may it be a blessing as folks uh, read it and as folks are hearing about it today on the show. Um, may it be part of your kingdom work and as he works in radio, as he travels for Cure, and all the other things he's doing, and first and foremost, really loving you and loving his wife and children. I pray you would continue to help him. Uh, have that creativity and energy for his work, but also for his family and uh, whatever else he's in need of. Thank you that you're faithful. And uh, again, thank you for our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Tim. It's great to make your acquaintance again. Yeah, you too. You too. Have a great rest of your day. I'll catch up again sometime. Thanks, man. God thank bless. You Bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. Brand Hansen, radio personality. You may recognize his voice from the MetaShare commercials and author of The Men We Need, God's Purpose for the Manly Man, the Avid Endorsement, or Any Man Willing to Show Up. Brief break. We'll wrap up in just a second. WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 458 in the Tim DeMoss Show. Repairs is the current keyword in WFIL's $2,000 gas money giveaway. Expires at 5 o'clock in a minute and 37 seconds. So get the WFIL.com. Click the $2,000 gas money giveaway banner. Can't miss it. Enter the keyword repairs. You could win $2,000. While Cooper has another keyword for you just before 6, which will be good from 6 to 7. And then we have five more tomorrow. Again, the current keyword, till five, repairs at WFIL.com. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.